Welcome to Actually Qualified, the podcast by AWPT University that shifts from influence to impact. Each week, we bring you impactful conversations with qualified guests and industry leaders, inspiring both seasoned experts and newcomers in the fitness, health, and business arena. Tune in for thought-provoking discussions bridging the gap between knowledge and practice, because at AWPT University, we believe those with qualified education and experience should have the biggest influence. Join us on Actually Qualified every week as we elevate what it truly means to be actually qualified in the industry. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Actually Qualified, the podcast where we prioritize impact over influence. Brought to you by AWPT University, I am your host, Tara McKenzie. I hope you're all having an amazing week so far when you're listening to this. I am so excited to bring you this week's episode with Tammy Sarkozy. I absolutely loved this conversation. We covered so much from Tammy's experience in the health and fitness industry, how she has grown and evolved as a coach, grown and evolved in terms of her client journey and her ideal client. Um, But I also particularly loved our deep dive into boundaries and setting boundaries with clients and why we need to when it comes to cancellations, rescheduling, you know, all of that stuff that comes up because we're working with real human beings, but why we need to have systems in place like getting our clients to pay up front, cancellation policies, contracts, all of that kind of stuff that we don't necessarily think about as a coach that is you know the business side of coaching so i think there are so many valuable takeaways from this episode and i really really hope you enjoy it so let's jump straight in Hello, Tammy. Welcome to the Actually Qualified podcast. Hey, hey. How you doing? Very good. It is a Friday when we're recording this. Friday afternoon. I am ready for a weekend. Regardless, I'm so excited to have you on. So let's get straight into it. We are starting our episodes off with some quick fire questions. Number one, if you could be any exercise or if you could only do one exercise for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? <laughs> Okay, okay. I would say it would be handstand walking literally and only because I like doing it, full stop. Fair enough. And also I feel like you're a badass if you're able to do a handstand walking coming from someone who cannot. (laughs) If I could, I would also only do that exercise for a We're cooler than a push-up, so why not? Exactly, exactly. Love it. Good one. In your experience, what is one common myth or misconception about female-specific training or nutrition that you'd like to debunk? Oh, my gosh. Like, straight off the top of my head, people still to this day say to me, oh, but I don't want my fat to convert to muscle. They still, (laughs) still, and I'm like, guys, come on. 2023. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so wild how many of these kind of like myths and whatnot are still out there. Like I think because we're in this space and we have the education, it's just like we assume that other people, you know, understand the same things that we do. And then I like just... just run into a conversation with a random person and they're like, I'm just trying to cut down on like carbs. I just I'm trying to go carb free. Yeah. And, like, and it's oh. all the stereotype stuff you think we've mm-hmm. gone through and gone past. Yeah. It still exists. It is still yeah. there. And it's still like quite prevalent as well. And it's just wild to me that it does still exist. I kind of feel like it's a generational thing. Like when I ask people like why what makes you think that carbs are still bad? And they're like, 
look, I, you know, growing up, that's how my mum was. And so mm-hmm. their parents are still doing it. So it's pushed onto them and it's just ingrained in their head. Yeah, definitely. I think parents and even just sort of advertising and whatnot, and especially for parents, you know, the type of stuff that they grew up surrounded by in terms of advertising or role mm-hmm. models or like the types of fitness or body stereotypes that were promoted to them. And then it's so easy and like it makes so much sense that that gets ingrained into a person. Yeah. Um, no wonder then that gets like passed on yeah. to their children and their children. What is your guilty pleasure? I've got here treat or meal, but I also want to add in like guilty pleasure anything. So show, book, uh, song, artist. <laughs> you also don't have to feel guilty for liking it. Look, we all love wine, let's say that, but I don't feel guilty about wine. But if I could really dig in deep, at heart, going, (laughs) you want to rewind my life 20 years, (laughs) I was this little emo chick with the black hair and the big fringe who went to concerts every single weekend. If I still could have that lifestyle, I would do it, hands down. (laughs) I would still even dress the same. What's stopping you? What do you mean? Uh, probably the baby next door. <laughs> <laughs> you mean they don't want to listen to the emo daft What? I'll just live through him. That's Yeah. I'll follow his path. <laughs> Hopefully he takes me there. <laughs> He'll have his own emo face, surely. We all do. <laughs> Bring it back. It'll be cool again by the time it comes around him. Oh, for sure. Did you have like a particular sort of artist or band that was like the the theme song to this emo phase of yours look if anyone is actually listening to this that went through this phase they'll be like fuck yeah it was for me definitely muse and a band called the used if you've heard of them or oh my gosh i could list i could list them off but i'm gonna get embarrassed so just google it just google it fair enough now you're listing these names and i'm like I exclusively listen to Taylor Swift, so like, <laughs> you know what? Though? Very opposite ends of the spectrum. I do love some Taylor. I do. I mean, I think it's impossible not to. Is sort of my theory, but yeah. you know, it's good to have diversity in all areas of life, including music taste. <laughs> yeah. So they say. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Rogue One. Just a fair warning. Okay. If you could train with any fictional character from a movie, a book, anything. Who would it be and what kind of workout do you think you would do? Okay, look, this is another one where I could sit here and ponder for like an hour, but the first thing that came into my head, just because you said, I think you said fictional character, mm-hmm. the first yep. thing that popped into my head was Care Bear. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, let's just roll with that. So I would just say, look, let's go with Care Bear because they can do fucking anything. And that would just mm-hmm. be... No rules, just out of control, do whatever, magical training session. And they would, like, give you a really good hug afterwards or, you know. you know, like, towel off on their fur <laughs> if you get sweaty. <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing? Just cute, beautiful, loving. Exactly. They would give you compliments the whole time. I get it. <laughs> well, there, see, it's a legit answer. <laughs> hmm Yeah, we can justify anything. <laughs> <laughs> How do you approach maintaining um, a balance with your physical and mental well-being? in your life how do you balance it um I have to be very very proactive about it and set really hard boundaries with myself and with my clients so say for example you know clients might contact me over the weekend social media makes stuff so accessible 
And for them, it's just probably just pops in their head like, oh, I'll just message Tony. But for me, it's like the boundary is I do not work on weekends because, as we know, you start to resent things, you stop enjoying your job, and your stress levels just stay elevated the entire time. So I keep those boundaries in place, but I also have to make sure, like, if I see those messages or if there's, you know, when you're on your own business, the to-do list never ends. If I break those barriers, those boundaries, and work on the weekends or respond to those messages, then that's when shit all falls apart. It's so easy to be like, oh, I could just, it's like two seconds. I'll just like respond. Absolutely. And I've done it many times before. Yeah. And then it bites you in the butt. And it bites you. (laughs) Every time. And I just tell myself, look, as a coach, no one's going to die if I don't respond to that message out of my working hours. They're probably, like I said, innocently, oh, it's just popped into my head. I'll just pop, you know, pop that in an Insta message. It's fine. It's no one's going to die. Leave it. And when you finally get back to them, they don't care. They're not fussed. They forgot they even sent the message. (laughs) It's so true. And I think it's a good reminder that, you know, in most jobs, whether it's coaching, PT, marketing, podcasting, any of this kind of stuff, it's like nobody's going to die. Like no one's going to die. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, I can take it. Everyone's going to be fine. Yeah, and I feel like those boundaries apply to so many things. And boundaries are such a big thing when you are a business owner, when you are passionate about your job, and when you do care about the clients. It applies to you know responding outside of work hours, but then it's also you know cancellation fees or people trying to pull out of the program because that's the other one that always bites me in the bum is people trying to whether it's an in-person session and they're trying to like reschedule last minute or cancel last minute, as soon as you sort of say, oh, yeah, I guess like (laughs) I could do tomorrow. I've got a little bit of time and then you've got no leg to stand on the next time it happens. And you're like, because it will have this cancellation policy. And they're like, oh, but last time. Yeah, exactly. And then it ends up, you know, that's three or four hours because it will keep happening. And then you do it with other clients, three or four hours in a week that you worked overtime that you didn't get paid for. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's it's such a big thing. And I think, I think because too often as coaches, you have very few people teaching you how to do business. You might have mentors that are teaching you how to coach or teaching you, you know, how to program or teaching you how to do nutrition and all of this kind of stuff. But there, I mean, yes, there are business coaches out there, which I think a lot of people are investing in. but yeah and initially anyway very few people actually taught the business side oh no one learn everything the hard way i have been trumped like stamped all over by every kind of person i think i've been doing coaching now for 13 years and it has taken me a very long time to be a hard boundary setter you cancel you get charged and now you know finally 13 years later everything is nice and smooth (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we get there eventually eventually yeah La- last question is what's one piece of advice you wish you had received when you were just starting your career in fitness it would have been business stuff it would be mm-hmm. set the boundaries um don't take cash <laughs> mm-hmm. because then when people cancel you know just basic business advice and it would have saved me years and years and years of learning the hard 
Yeah. So when you say don't take cash, do you do like direct debit systems? Do yeah. You... It took me a yeah. long time to put people on direct debit because I was I was scared to ask. Mm. I I have I guess I had a fear for a long time. There was a stereotype that PTs just want your money, and mm. I just didn't want to be that because yeah, you know, I was so passionate about my job. It wasn't about the money upfront anyway. Uh, it took me like two years, I think, to put people on direct debit. And it just made life so much easier and people stopped canceling sessions. Well, that's the thing too, is I feel like with this whole, you know, idea of boundaries and being a bit firmer on your boundaries is because like, as we've spoken about, coaches and personal trainers are so passionate about what we do and we're doing it because we care. It's very easy to forget that you are running a business and you know you need to have the processes of a normal business and the boundaries of a normal business as opposed to because we're running a sort of more service-based and it is that person-to-person and that sort of relationship-oriented business model um it's very you don't want to feel like oh I'm like charging too much or um, I'm not charging enough or you know what payment systems do I use what invoicing systems do I use like do I use text message and people have access to you via text message then also social media and then all of this kind of stuff like the lines do get blurred and a lot of the value of your business is wrapped up in you like you as a person yeah um I think yeah I feel like that often feels like it clouds things for a lot definitely I even now I still do feel this but I don't think a lot of people take this job seriously because it's it is so much based off oh you know I've got this cool trainer she's become a friend or he she's become a friend it's a joy it's almost a social thing for a lot of people they come to train with you they love it or with online coaching I mean, you can't help it, but you get quite involved because they'll tell you their life story week to week. And I think that some people, yeah, don't take it as serious as other jobs because it has that friendship element. And I was told from day one, never become friends with your clients. And I have found that literally impossible. Mm. Actually, impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. And it is. It's like the, I feel like people have or understand the boundaries of, you know, if you cancel an eyebrow wax appointment the day of, or if you don't show up to your hairdressing appointment, like you will get pinged with a cancellation fee. Absolutely. But there's something about that sort of personal training. And I don't know if it is because, you know, you have these deep in-depth half-time like trauma dumping conversations with your clients every week where it's like a therapy session. And so they like, there is that investment. There is that sort of relationship. But yeah, there's, I don't know exactly what it is, but I agree with you that it's hard on both sides. It's hard, I think, for the client to fully understand or respect those boundaries because they do think of you as a friend. But yeah. then equally, it's hard for you not to get invested in yeah. the client. And I think they well. sometimes think, oh, you know, this has happened to me. My, my coach will be understanding. You know, they'll, they'll let me be the exception to the rule. It's like, I, you know, it's your job. This is my job. If I treated everyone that I loved in my client base, which is all of you, I would not have a job left if I let that slide. Mm. So how do you go about setting those boundaries? What are the types of things that you say? Like do you have a sort of almost a script now that you use when someone tries to pull the first, I want to like pull out of this 12-week program that you've 
written for me? Well, so everything I do now is online and when they sign up, it's so many times it will pop up, you know, the commitment period is blah, blah, blah. They sign an online waiver. It's written by a lawyer. So I had to like hire a lawyer to write this stuff for me. Every, every sign up involves a phone call conversation. And after we go through all, you know, the training and nutrition stuff at the very end, I go over it. Like, you know, your weekly check-ins are due by this time. If you don't submit it by that time, there is no response because it's, it's a case of you give an inch, they take a mile. And then if that happens with every client, you're working overtime again, you know, and they, they spend a lot of money to work with me. So I want them to value and appreciate it and do their part. And then we can work together really well. So I just reinforce the basic things. Some, you do get a stereotype client that they'll just stop, they'll just stop their check-ins Every now and then you get these, they just drop off the face of the planet and, you know, you'll follow up with follow up, but they made the commitment. <laughs> they, you know, they, all of my clients pay 12 weeks up front. So if they just drop off at six weeks and I followed up, they've, they've made the choice. Mm. They can come back in that time period if they want, if like, I hope they do, but if I never hear from them again or they, you know, pop up a year later, that's, you know, we've made it clear. I set those boundaries. Sorry, but, you know, you, you kind of missed that boat. Yeah. And I think that's so, like, that's such a good approach from, from that business perspective is, yeah, you know, if, because we all have them, we all have those clients that life There's gets in the way or one. an excuse comes up or, yeah. And like, even like I'm, I've been that client sometimes, but like life gets in the way, whatever I get busy and I stop doing my part from the perspective of a client. Um, and you know, my coach is being like, your check-in form was due three days ago. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I promise. But you know, then from the perspective of me having clients, I've had that done as well, where people halfway through will try and be like, oh, it's too much. Life, work, work is too busy. I can't commit to this anymore. And it's like, well, you did agree to a 12-week commitment. Like you, were, yeah. you, you agreed to that. Um, that was in the terms and conditions that you signed. But mm. then when you don't have that sort of upfront payment system, it's so much easier for them to like oh, riddle you, know you down. It would happen. And so I had that idea. I did a it was an online course specific to business and online coaching. And I got that from that course because I was doing weekly debits at the time. And it has been a game changer for me to charge people upfront. I get far more committed clients, like very committed clients. There'll be that one every blue moon that drops off, but they know the commitment and there's no me, you know, I don't have to follow them up like, hey, you never paid. This doesn't, I don't have to do that. They made yeah. the choice, they know, know they know the terms, and if they choose to, this is too hard, I'm done, that's their choice. You know, no one's, I'm not out of money for doing the work in advance. But yeah. it also attracts, like my clients are really, really great people. They're, a lot of them are like um, pretty like high-tail career women. And yeah. They're amazing people. They're very, very driven people. And I think, you know, what you charge for a service will determine the clients that you get. And since I made that change, my clientele have been a lot better. But 
I, it's easier to manage money because, you know, if someone misses a debit, sure, your system might follow it up a couple of times, but it stops. I don't know any system that tries continually after three attempts. Anyway, and then it's up to us to follow up and I can't do that. I can't keep track of that. Exactly, especially if it's happening with multiple clients oh, and, yeah. you know, I'm like, I'm not checking my bank account that, that regularly. I don't have time for that, yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that's really, really great advice to anybody I would actually say that to any online business, any kind of online coaching business, charge up front for yeah. better clients and for also better client retention because that, for me, 12 weeks is enough time that the client shows results because they're like, God damn it, I've signed up for 12 weeks. Like I can't give up now at six weeks. I've got to keep going. I paid for it. And then it pushes them, you know, into that time, that enough consistency of time where they see the change and they're like, oh, my gosh, yes, I want to, I want to keep coaching with you because I see the results. Definitely. I think the 12 weeks or sort of 16 weeks, however you sort of structure a program, is definitely the way to go over eight weeks oh, yeah. or Absolutely. any or 10 weeks or anything yeah. shorter than 12. I And plus that lines up pretty well in terms of three months. And then you can do sort of like yeah. four quarterly programs if they're, if they're training with you throughout the year or yeah. six months and all that kind of stuff. No, I think that's great. And I was about to say that I think that's great advice to anyone starting out in business. But equally, I think that's just great advice to anyone if you're not already doing it. <laughs> like even if you're five years down the track into your business and you're not doing it, you can adapt <laughs> yeah oh look, honestly it has been a savior for me with managing money and client retention mm. we hope you're enjoying this episode of the actually qualified podcast i'm kayla the founder of awpt university and if you're here you're probably a dedicated fitness professional personal trainer or online coach who aspires to create an impact in the women's health and fitness industry through up-leveling your knowledge and skills, servicing your clients to the highest standard, and building a business that changes both you and your clients' lives. Because we value your continuous education and want to reward our podcast listeners who are committed to their growth and learning, we want to gift you $200 off our OG AWPT eight-week certification. This comprehensive online course covers women's anatomy and biomechanics, training and programming, female health and nutrition, training during pregnancy and postpartum, perimenopause, and so much more. Visit www.awptuniversity.com today and use the code AWPTPODCAST, one word and all uppercase, at checkout. We've also linked it in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. So let's rewind. You mentioned um, in one of these quick, quick fire questions, sort of how you got into the coaching space, but I would love to sort of go back to that time. You said it was like 10, 13 years ago when you first started discovering fitness. How did that journey play out for you? As in, how did I actually get into fitness? Yeah. Like let's start there. Let's start with your own personal journey with fitness and then we can go into like, your journey with coaching. Um. I can pinpoint it. So I worked in an office. I had a nine-to-five job and I'm still kind of friends with my boss and if he hears this, he will laugh. I hated my job and everyone knew it. But I was just a classic, you know, 20-something admin girl. Like I don't think any admin truly loves their job. No. And I, remember, <laughs> I remember my boss was like, oh, I'm going to do the 10K run, the 10K bridge to Brisbane. And I'm like, oh. really? And he's like, 
yeah, really. I'm like, okay, I could be doing that. And he's like, righto then. So it became like a, I dare you. And I was like, righto. And I didn't realize, so <laughs> sorry, Chris, if you hear this, he, he didn't look fit, right? But he was like a squashed, you know, like a sports squash. Mm. Or, yeah. Is it squash? Whatever. Fucking addict. Like he was, he would play squash relentlessly week after week for his whole freaking life. So he was actually fit <laughs> and I just didn't know. And then he tells me his 10K run time and I was like, I'm so over my head. I have not run since high school, which at that point I think was like eight, nine, ten years before. And so I Googled how to run 10Ks, down, like downloaded this program and just trained my ass off to try to run 10Ks in eight weeks. I did. Yeah. I did it. I did not beat him. He beat me by like 10 minutes. Damn. Yeah, I know. And I was like, whoa. But in that time, I lost a fair bit of weight. Like I lost four or five kilos. That wasn't even the intention. Didn't even know I had four or five kilos to lose because at that point I wasn't doing any kind of exercise. And it kind of got the ball rolling. A friend of mine ran a mixed martial arts dojo, so he owned it. Um, And he ran these conditioning sessions once or twice a week out of his wife's real estate office, okay? And so I was friends with him and he asked me to come along because he knew I was training for this bridge to Brisbane. Hey, Tammy, this is going to help you. So they were like CrossFit sessions. So I started jumping in, doing this CrossFit, and over the four to six weeks I got like my fitness excelled, my whole body changed, and I was like this is fucking amazing. I loved it. And then over time, so I've done the Bridge to Brisbane, that was knocked off. Now I was doing his classes and because I was consistent, he eventually said to me, oh, hey, do you mind running a couple of them for me every so often? Yep, sure, absolutely. Started to love it. Started to run a boot camp with my friends in the park down the road, which happened to be where the, I think it was the Brisbane Brisbane Valley Hockey Club in Woolwin. So the club saw me running these boot camps and asked me, hey, can you do conditioning sessions for our hockey squad? So then I started doing that. And I was like, I kind of really love this fitness training stuff. And so I was like, you know what, maybe I could make a job of this. And so, yeah, did my course and started doing PT. I love that. I love how organic that yeah. sort of journey was. Like, yeah, it was, it was not very much planned or forced. Yeah. 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 It was yeah. just sort of as you were discovering the different elements of your own fitness journey, you were then like bringing other people along for the ride and like imparting that onto them. Yeah, like, it just kind of happened. And you know what? I can't imagine myself doing anything else. And that was in like 2011. So, you know, 12, 13 years later, I'm still doing it. I still love it. I just, yeah, I feel like this is just, you know, when you know it's your calling, that's what you do. I love that. And I love that it all started with just sort of being overly competitive with someone who <laughs> who wasn't wasn't initiating it at all. Man, that is the story so of my much life. credit for this. <laughs> 
your business now you said is mostly online how did that transition happen was that a covid kind of transition or uh, yes and no so it started with one of my best friends is the strength and conditioning coach and it was about 2018 we started to create we, we started working on an online service so we you know started videoing tutorials um focusing a lot on mobility because we saw it was such a big gap in the industry. A lot has changed since then, but there was such a big gap. Like I'd, I'd see people's programs and I'm like, there is nothing here to prep me for the session. And because I had such a, at that point, I I have a really solid background in CrossFit, which is so fixated on mobility because you, you have to have good mobility. And I'm like, it's the missing link in people's programs. I just don't know why people aren't doing it. So my friend Rihanna and I started creating some online content to really push for mobility. And we'd spent a year at that point creating the videos. And I think we were looking to launch maybe 2020. Um, And then COVID hit. And I was like, oh, my gosh. At that point, I was all face-to-face PT. COVID hit and I'm like, oh, man, I'm I'm stuffed. Like, what do I do? And then my clients are like, literally all of them, hey, can you train me in a park? Okay, cool. So we start training in a park and they're like, well, what, what else do we do? I'm like, well, you know, I started creating this online stuff. Do you want to do, do that? And they're like, yeah, 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 give it to me. Come on, they, they were desperate for something. Mm. So that really skyrocketed COVID. So all of my clients moved and I was running I had about 40 40 PT sessions per week and I think that might have been like 20 to 30 clients they all went online over that period every one of them and then their friends wanted to do it and then people would see on social media and it just blew up and I was like whoa like it was another stars aligning kind of thing for yeah. me. it just kind of happened and it, it really just took off from there. And it to, like it blows my mind that then online coaching was people were iffy about it. Now it is just like holy shit. Yeah. I don't really know any coaches really unless they're sort of like very old school that don't have some kind of online service now. Whereas before that, I think, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30% of all coaches had like an online product and it was usually sort of maybe an ebook that they offered um, as opposed to actual sort of online programming or they'd make a program in Excel versus, you know, train rides (laughs) or true coach or something. The old Excel sheet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, you're so right. And even sort of when you were talking about the um, mobility side of things and the sort of gap in the industry, I agree. And I do think it's, it's, gotten better over the last sort of five years but equally even still the gap with warm-ups versus sort of actual movement prep yeah. it's <laughs> sort of swinging your legs for five minutes versus yeah <laughs> actually do, like mobility and stabilizing it's exercising. still a huge gap it's really yeah. hard I mean I reckon it's 50 50 you'll get 50 percent of clients I mean I write their mobility in their program it is there mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that most of them do it because um, it it is literally the key 
but you'll get the people that don't and I guess they don't see it as valuable because maybe they're in their early 20s and they have no injuries. <laughs> Everything is <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> Yeah, wait till you get to your 30s, guys, and then she gets real. <laughs> or wait till you don't do it in your 20s and then you get injured and then you're spending the rest of your 20s trying to manage it. Look, I think that's what it has to take. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely one of those things. But, yeah, you're so right that first step is actually having it in the client's program, and, yeah. which I don't think all coaches actually Oh, no, do. I can tell you now. I'm going to – I won't name and shame, but – I know top coaches, I know them firsthand and I have seen their programs and they're fucking terrible mm. and there is no warm-up. And it's like that just says to me straight up that A, you didn't put time into this and B, you don't actually care. Yeah, it's either, yeah, like a, a laziness it's or a laziness. A, like not educated in terms of the actual why do you need it and why does the oh, they're educated. don't you even oh okay they're so educated. it literally just is it's just the laziness i do to anyone here who is hiring an online coach be mindful of how many clients they have it is great if they've got a lot of clients but also be mindful that you're getting the quality you're paying for if you're buying a 50 dollar program you're going to get a 50 dollar program and there probably won't be mobility work in there because it's a $50 program. Mm, 100%. They just expect you to warm up on the treadmill, like go for a five-minute walk and then all of a sudden yeah. you get into like heavy deadlifts. And I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> remind me how this has helped rather yeah, than just yeah. moving my heart <laughs> and blood. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, even in fairness, movement prep and like a good solid warm-up was certainly not something that I was taught doing my cert three or cert four no um so there there's definitely even a gap in terms of just the education piece for but i mean there's so much missing from cert three and so there four is so courses. like it's the bare minimum and i don't even know what that bare minimum is like it's literally just yeah. you don't even have to know certain exercises. i don't know it is amazing isn't that. it you would think that as a pt as a coach, I think the fundamentals are understanding your client's body and that does include teaching them mobility. Mm, you, you'd think that it would be included in the course. Yes, as I said, I think you'd think that there would be a lot that is included in the course, especially when it like I did mine online. When did I do mine? 2019, I think I did my cert three or four, 2018 and 2019. And obviously I'm, I'm assuming like there is an assumption that you're in a gym and you're into fitness and all of this kind of stuff. So you're sort of like learning on the job and you've got different mentors. But if you're purely doing it online and you don't have that kind of dialogue around you of people that are smarter than you and have been doing it for a long time, then I actually don't know how <laughs> you learn anything more than just a general Holy population. Shit. That like is a really general. good point. Yeah, I hadn't thought like, of that before. Everything I've ever learned has been through other coaches around me, more than courses. I would say having my own coaches and I've always been surrounded by really intelligent sports-specific coaches and we've all bounced off each other. That is how I've learned. So if you were just starting in online coaching, I don't know where you would gain that from. Yeah, I think it would have to be courses 
Um, but even now, I just don't think courses, it's not hands-on. You can't learn the same way. Unless you hire your own coach, that would be mm. the only way. Yeah. Well, that was that's the thing with sort of AWPT is Kayla, who founded this uh, company, her background is as a physio. And so her AWPT is applied women's physiology and training. So it is all about, okay, well, here's the theory, first of all, that you don't learn um, in your cert three and four, but here is actually how you would apply it. And then in some of the courses that you get, you get a program to go alongside that so that you as a coach can actually apply it on yourself and like understand how it works and how it breaks down and how it applies to specific exercises and if you tweak this like how does this feel on yourself so that then you can apply it and play around with it with your clients but yeah I think often that is the missing link with online courses that you might do is that it's like okay here's all this theory now now what what? Yeah. yeah I'd never thought about that yeah Neither had I really until, <laughs> until this conversation. I was just like, yeah, set three and four. Like I wouldn't recommend the course that I used, but like I wouldn't I recommend the one I did I don't know anyone that has said anything good about no. the cert three or cert four. That you know what? Did, but like it gave them the piece of paper and then they went and then they learnt from someone else. Yeah. I think all the courses are actually pretty much exactly the same and just as terrible as each other. Yeah, and they just haven't gotten better over the last 15 years either. No, they haven't. Online versus TAFE now. Yeah. yeah. But otherwise, Tammy, thank you so much for coming on this week's episode. Where are people able to find you to continue to connect with you and and learn more? Well, you can jump on Instagram and follow me at Tammy Sarkozy underscore fitness pro. That's Tammy, T-A-M-M-I-E, Sarkozy, S-A-R-K-O-Z-Y, underscore fitness pro. Um, or you can jump on my website, which is www.tammysarkozy.com.au. Perfect. Yeah. And I will Keep have all of that linked in the Send me a DM. <laughs> Easy, but not outside of work hours. Yeah, keep or it in work don't hours, expect guys. a response. <laughs> if you send me a message on a Sunday, I'm going to ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay because we all understand now why that is necessary. Boundaries, yes. <laughs> exactly. So thank you, Tammy, so much. No I can't wait to hear from you and continue to connect with you moving forward. All right. Nice to meet you. Thank you for listening to the Actually Qualified podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it with your friends and fellow coaches and subscribe for weekly episodes and content. Catch you next time.